진다 가위바위보 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 가져왔다 바이러스란 살아남고자 하는 본능은 지능을 뛰어넘고 Hey everybody, welcome back to the Lucky Dog Podcast. This is your host, Elias Roush. This podcast is sponsored by EliasRoushMedia.com, photo, video, digital media production. Today we are discussing All of Us Are Dead, season finale, series roundup. We've watched it all. We've done the time. We didn't do the crime, but we did the time. 12 episodes of this zombie show that is streaming on Netflix for anybody that didn't listen to the original review that we've covered the first episode, a um, lot of the same feelings kind of flooding into the final episode. Um, once again, good action, but there is this kind of major pacing problem, in my opinion. A lot of the episodes are either action-packed or they kind of come to a standstill. I got to say, I was entertained but not compelled by this series. It does have this epic scope to it that I wasn't expecting. Um, uh, I do think that there's probably about four episodes that probably could have just been flat out chopped, completely taken off the board, um, mostly just because of the pacing. There's a lot of times where we have this really intense pacing in one or two of the episodes, and then they'll get stuck the, the, our main characters will get stuck in a room for what feels like 30 minutes. And then they'll have a conversation about uh, maybe school or being a senior or how difficult it is to be a teenager. Um, and then they'll work it out, figure it out, and then continue on. And then kind of repeat the cycle. And I felt like I was running into that problem about... I don't know, every three episodes, it kind of was doing this cycle of action, run into a problem, kind of figure out the problem, and then repeat the cycle. Um, I got to say that this is going to be compared a lot to in the realm of like a, a Walking Dead or uh, a Sweet Home, which was kind of all taking place. It's like monsters infiltrating an apartment building, another Netflix series again. Um, I kind of like Sweet Home a little bit more than this just because they have actual monsters. And in this, this is taking place in a high school uh, with quote unquote high school students. And so they all kind of fall into these various contemporary tropes. You know, you have uh, the handsome jock, you got the, uh, the bullies, you got the people being bullied, you got the nerdy girl, you got the school class president. A lot of the tropes kind of feel like tropes that you've seen in other teenage, um, teenage pieces of media with, uh, regards to, um, having those types of stereotypes in, you know, in school settings, you know, you got the, the chubby, funny guy, you got the, uh, the nerdy guy that won't admit his feelings to the nerdy girl who won't admit, admit her feelings. Um, you know, there's all of these very, uh, not stereotypical, but just tropes that we've seen in other bits of media that I don't know, 
I've seen done a little bit better, but this was still entertaining in the way that it was uh, portrayed. I, th I think having the uh, the setting of being in South Korea um, definitely emphasizes a different aspect of being in school. But ultimately, this high school experience is very um, relatable in a way that in the states I was like, oh yeah, this is just this is just like a boarding school in the states. So with saying that, watching the 12 episodes, it was around episode nine, episode eight or nine. I was like, all right, are we going to wrap this up? I was assuming that we were going to be finished around episode 10. And when it just continued to go on and on and on and on and on, I was like, oh, my goodness, they are dragging this shit out. And I feel like most people that have seen a fair amount of zombie movies can, you know, or shows can kind of predict uh uh, what what are the options at the end of a zombie movie? And I do kind of feel that even though this is trying to be um, fourth wall breaking and kind of referencing like the Train of Busan and other zombie movies, um, that they're trying to be a little bit more, more smarter than that. I got to say that just because of the pacing, it just kind of kept me not as focused and engaged with the characters as much. There was so much time lagging in between the different episodes that I was like, I have just lost so much focus and care about, do I even care about these characters anymore? And I do to an extent, there's like maybe five or six main characters who we are pretty, uh, and I guess we care about a lot. Um, but the rest, I'm just like, all right, this guy's definitely going to die. She's definitely going to get it. And this guy's going to definitely get it, bite the bullet. And so I got to say the predictability on it was uh, kind of high, in my opinion. So with saying that, there's a lot of good and then there's a lot of just like predictable stuff. I, I, I don't want to say it's bad because I don't necessarily anything in the show's really bad. I, the acting's really um it's pretty good. Um, there's like one or two supporting characters. I would have said that I was like, oh, get that guy out of here. But none of the main cast, I thought the, none of the main cast was bad. I thought they were, um, they played their part. Even um, some of the bullies who you're not supposed to like, I think they did a pretty good job of being, you know, despicable. And speaking of bullying, that's essentially, we're, we're going to start talking about spoilers at this point, but bullying is the central theme to this um this show which was something i was not expecting considering um the first episode but through the first couple episodes i think it's around episode four or five like i said you i would have expected you to have watched the show by now and we're going to discuss spoilers in detail um that the main professor has created this like uh, bullying serum or something that he was going to give his son so that his son would stop bully, being bullied, um, kind of make him more aggressive. And it turned his son into essentially a zombie and his son infected the wife. And then now this professor is doing these recordings throughout the entire series of his studies on his son and his wife. And at the very beginning of the show, you see how it's kicked off that you know, he's the, the son is being bullied on top of this uh, on top of this building. And it's just like this was kind of hard to watch. But it turns out that this this bullying through line theme that is happening throughout the entire show, 
Um, speaking of which, there's two, uh, there's two, there's two or three main bullies at the beginning that are bullying this guy and this, uh, this young, young boy and young, not young boy, but young man and this young girl who end up having kind of their own sub sub side plot. And this young, young lady who is big, she's stripped and she's, um, she's got videos taken over by these bullies and these bullies are like, you know, we're going to release it to everybody if you don't pay us so-and-so. And if you don't do what we say, then we're going to release all this footage. And throughout like half of the first four episodes of the zombie outbreak, um, people are being eaten left and right. This girl is so concerned about her nudes being released. I'm like, you, this is probably one of the four or five times that the main cast is concerned about cultural uh, problems or what are they going to think about me kind of problems. I'm like, why are you thinking about this at all when everybody, if you look down, if you look down at the ground is turning into a fucking monster and you're worried about these people finding your nudes? And I understand that that's supposed to be like traumatizing and I understand it's supposed to be like um, it's supposed to make the audience feel for these characters. But the way they kind of unravel these characters and these the, the, the guy and the girl that end up being bullied at the be beginning of the episode, uh, beginning of season one or episode one, um, they make the guy basically unlikable and they make the girl um lose she starts to lose her mind she becomes one of these half bees what they call it's like a zombie that's infected a person but they don't become a hundred percent a zombie and so we've seen this type of storytelling done before in um other you know zombie movies other zombie tropes where they become like half a zombie or it doesn't completely infect them or they can kind of turn turn the zombie on, turn the zombie off, the, the monster gauge or whatever. So they kind of do that with these half bees is what they call them. So a couple of our main characters, I think Namra is another one, um, that get infected with being uh, a half bee, I guess. And I don't think they 100% explain why that is so, um, why the infection only goes so far on some of these. Like either they it mutates or, or or something of that nature happens. Um, but I will say my main problem with the series was not the half bees, the tropes, the zombies, or the predictability about it. Uh, it it's somewhat of the predictability about it, but it's mainly caused by the fact that they're concerned with, I guess, quote unquote, real world problems in a time when the real world is just crumbling at this point. And it's not the entire world in the show that's being turned into zombies. It's mostly just, uh, I believe it's um, Husan. And uh, I think that's the city of Husan. I'm not familiar 100% with South Korea, so take everything I'm saying with the location, with a grain of salt, as well as the pronunciations. Um, I'm not uh, versed in it, so I'm trying my best um, to understand the location and 
how things work and are said. So please bear with me. Um, but yeah, I got to say that the biggest problem was that they were, oh, well, you better live. You better be you better hope you live till next year so you can experience senior year, which is 10 times worse than zombies. It's like, what are you? Are you serious right now? Are, are you really serious that, uh, you know, continuing on to college is the biggest thing, biggest worry? Your priorities feel like a little bit out of whack. And in, in my opinion, it's like, oh, my goodness, what if my nudes are released? It's like, I understand you don't want your nudes released. I understand you don't want to be bullied, but it's like bullies are shouldn't are not the number one problem. They're not, they're not trying to eat your face off right now. Your nudes, if they get leaked, nobody's going to see them because everyone's fucking dead in the show. So it's like, why are we concerned about this right now? I found that problem happening numerous times when I was watching uh, the show. So it, my my biggest thing was priorities were a little bit mixed in this at best. Um, another thing, um, it's not the predictability about it. There were a couple of times where I was like, damn, they really they really killed that person or damn, they really went hog wild or they're not afraid to take people off the map, which is good. I like that they have a decent enough cast that we care enough about some of them that they are going to be taken off. But with saying that, um, you know, that there were still a lot of characters, I felt like in a way that I was like, there's no way everyone's going to live. <laughs> so and uh, some people get their comeuppance and some people don't um, rules kind of fluctuate left and right. How do you kill the zombies and half bees seem to kind of come and go. So I will say the the. The rules of the world are a little bit weird. Um, and it definitely had a, a pacing problem. The, the thing, the reason I think like Squid Game or like Sweet Home might do a little bit better um, on Netflix is because we're not having to binge 12 hours of a show. And I'm pretty sure I did the research and just about every episode was at least 50 minutes. Yeah, 50 to 72 minutes. And I think the first couple, uh, first couple episodes were over an hour so you're putting some decent amount of time in this when trying to um say i really want to put the commitment in so if you do put the commitment in this is kind of my opinion you know the pacing was a little funky definitely could have chopped it up acting great scalability of just seeing what was happening in the in the high school what was happening um with like this random vlogger that was running around that was getting chased by like these zombie kids like <laughs> Um, have the, the policeman, you have the father on Joe's father, I believe, um, a lot of different dynamics we were trying to learn. And of course, how, uh, the dynamics of the classism a little bit of how people, I don't know if it's exactly classism. I don't know what the, the word is, but when you're classifying like people from like the political the political, the government officials that were being placed into the quote unquote nice room versus the, the, uh, the quote unquote regular folks that were being put into the separate room where it was completely way more busy, way more cramped, probably, uh, less safe, that type of thing. And so there was this, uh, I, I I'm saying classism, but I don't really think that's exactly the right word. Um, 
So they tried to touch on that. Of course, we have uh, the military standard or whatever where the, we're following the, the chief that has to make the, the tough decisions, which I got to say, some of the decisions he makes are very like he's I'm, I'm doing the hard choice. You know, I'm, uh, they have these SWAT team members try to extract some information from the high school, from where the, the, the scientist was, and they're going to save these kids at one point. But then very last minute when they figure out, you know, uh, half bees or half zombies exist, he's like, oh, fuck that, fuck that, kill them all, get them all out of here. He's like, fucking kill them all. It's like, oh, shit. He's, he went from not even wanting to save them to fucking killing them. So, um, and we can see some of his, uh, the SWAT team members are just not, not okay with that at all either. So, uh, you know, kind of laying out all my cards on the table. I'm just like entertaining, not super compelling. The cracking and the of the zombies, very, uh, very well done. Some of these like long takes were, were impressive. I was like, Jesus, it's like watching somebody, uh, you know, uh, Watching somebody suffer in a long take is very hard to watch, especially because as a uh, as a person, you just like the camera is not cutting. It's not letting you metaphorically blink. Um, I remember that feeling in night watching 1917, the war movie, when they're, wa they're when they're running in the war scene and one guy gets blown up or something like that. And then uh, something happens uh, and. You know, the camera is following a character and the character is just excessively bleeding out. I'm like, oh, my God, did they actually kill this actor to, to get this shot? It's like, how did they even do that? Because the camera is just continuously going. And it reminds me on this when people are turning into zombies. It's, it's like this nice, amazing blend of uh, practical and CGI effects that I'm just like, how did they just get that person to fucking contort into a goddamn spider? And, you know, just some craziness. Um so let me go uh, through this last episode real quick. I like to kind of give a little roundup of it um, and then exactly what happens for everybody. So episode 12, the survivors spend the night in the woods before moving on. Anjo seeks comfort from both Si Yuk and Namra over uh, uh, Chayong Son's death. I think that's her father. And again, I apologize for the uh, pronun pronunciation. My Korean is minimal to none. Um, so they reach an abandoned neighborhood where Namra senses uh, some surviving zombies. And now Namra is like the good version of the bully. The bully ends up getting thrown off buildings, kicked, bitten, stabbed. His eye gouged out. A bajillion things are happening to him. And he's still going. And he's just always like... <laughs> And just fixing his back up and just ready to roll. And so Namra has got like this super strength. She's got super hearing. She's got all these like abilities and stuff like that. But she's also trying to fight becoming a zombie. So her eye is like, it's got this like effect going on. So you can kind of see when she's starting to feel the zombie senses tingling. So she senses some uh, surviving zombies led by, uh, sorry, they reach an abandoned neighborhood where Namra senses some surviving zombies. Led by Namra, the students attempt to escape further into the neighborhood, but Su's leg injury from the bombing has slowed them down, forcing them to fight off the zombies. Wu Jin is bitten while trying to save Harai. 
resulting in Namra killing him. Uh, Namra increasingly feels an urge to eat her friends and hears voices in her head telling her not to do so. Um, not willing to endanger them, Namra leaves the group. And there's several times they're just like, there's this sense of wanting to be in a community and be with friends. And Namra's like, can we do this again? Can we have a nice friendship after this? And it's like, I, I know we're trying to say, obviously this, this probably will never happen again. But uh, I, once, I don't know if it's because of the translation from Korean to, uh, you know, English that makes it sound kind of cheesy or, or, or something like that. But I was just like, why are we talking about being friends? It's like, you don't, real friends don't have to say, you know, we're the bestest of friends. It's like, you just fucking are, you know, you, and you make fun of each other and you do, you show affection in different ways. And I feel like we're being told a lot. It's like, you know what? They're like saying, I like being friends. Let's be friends more instead of saying, I know that they're saying, let's hang out. Let's have campfires and stuff like that. And there's this big, you know, overarching friendship, you know, matters kind of thing. But uh, I am kind of like, this is a little thick, you know, cheesy. So um, Namra increasingly feels an urge to eat her friends and hears voices in her head telling her not to do so. Namra leaves the group. After noticing she is missing, Suyuk and Anjo find her feeding on a zombie's corpse. Um, pretty creepy the way they have like this aesthetic out there. They're just like in the city and after the bombing of everything, it's like super smoky and whatnot, probably radioactive and whatnot too as well. Um, Namra temporarily becomes fully zombified and attacks Anjo, trying to bite her before she regains her senses. Um, and it, you, Su Yuck is just having like this real, real issue of he's really digging on Namra. And I got to say, Namra's very cute, but he's going to have to do something about it if he wants Anjo to live because Anjo is being attacked by Namra. So he almost had to kill Namra to save Anjo. But it's like, you don't want to kill Namra. So, uh, Anjo trying, uh, so she fu becomes fully zomb zombified before attacking Anjo, trying to bite her before she regains her senses. Out of remorse for nearly killing Anjo, Namra abandons Suyuk and Anjo disappears in the neighborhood. The remaining six survivors encounter a military rescue team who bring them into quarantine camps after after three months. The government ends the martial law in Husan after bombing like half the place, which is kind of what the titles look at, look like. It's like if the title is all of the zombies coming together and kind of creating the all of us are dead um, logo. But it's like what happens at the end of this first season is basically everything is just like blown up right when you see that shot. So I thought that was kind of cool as well. After three months, the government ends martial law in Houston, but continues to, the, to quarantine the residents for precautionary measures, longing to see Namra again, the six survivors seek out of the camp to return uh, to the destroyed Husan High, 
where they find a campfire lit on top on the rooftop. Uh, Namra, who looks well and healthy despite remaining half zombie, meets up with them and reminisces about their times while reaffirm, re reaffirming her friendships. Namra says there are still a few others who, like her, who escaped from school and after sensing that, quote unquote, they are back. Namra informs this, the group that she will be back before jumping down the rooftop and leaving the others staring after her. And that, my friends, is the final episode of season one of All of Us Are Dead, streaming on Netflix. Let me know what you thought about All of Us Are Dead on Netflix season one, full episode in regalia. Um, I, uh, like I said, I enjoyed it. It was entertaining. It wasn't super compelling, a little bit too long. Uh, I enjoyed the actors. Um, but yeah, that, that's pretty much it. That, that last fight with, uh, the bully and, um, was it Gui, Gui Nam and Cheong Shan, Cheong San, um, I thought that that was kind of interesting. It was like taking place in the same place that they really got started with in the uh, um, construction of construction zone. I guess there was like a construction part of the school. Um, but yeah, it was an intense fight. I, I was like, are they ever going to kill Guinam? Um, that dude just would not die. Just relentless. You would throw him off of five-story building and you just get back up get back up like a spider like <laughs> um but yeah that was a uh, pretty intense and it says right here chiang san and gui nam also die in the bombing it's an intense like straight up spider-man versus green goblin ass uh, explosion that they have to go through and um i didn't know if uh chiang san really deserved to die like i know he wasn't a great guy but i didn't really feel like he deserved to die as much as he was bullied and having to deal with just this guy going on um and uh let me see if there's anything else we need to know um oh there was a scene in episode 11 where they had cut i think over 14 times 14 different cuts for the um uh, <laughs> for the Cheong son kiss and anjo um hug or whatever or i don't know if it's a kiss i think it's a hug and then a kiss or something like that i counted it it's like look at this look at this thing it's literally it's like there's a front shot wide shot close shot close-up shot zombie shot up top shot it was like every single shot you could think of and i was like how many times are we going to watch this like hug happen <laughs> almost a little ridiculous so um yeah just a little bit of editing could have helped this um for me personally, I think it feels just shorter. That's my, that's my main thing. Um, and of course, the military commander commits suicide. I was just like, this is so uh, predictable. I feel like we've a lot of sci-fi and a lot of military commanders that have all this, you know, quote unquote guilt on them end up kind of doing this. And um, not saying from like a real life perspective, but just from a trope perspective. I mean, how many times does that happen in movies? Um, can't think of any off the top of my head, but I'm sure it happens a lot. <laughs> but um yeah all right everyone let me know what you thought about all of us are dead like i said it was uh pretty entertaining and um 
Leave your questions, comments, concerns down below. Um, go to luckitoppodcast.com for the entire library. You can join all of our social medias there, patreon.com slash luckitoppodcast to listen and hear and see this podcast early. It helps us keep the lights on, let us, lets us know that you like the podcast and you, you like this goodness. You like it. Um, let me know what you want to uh, hear on um, future podcasts. And uh, yeah, I think I'm going to have to get on the euphoria train here pretty soon because everyone's fucking talking about it again. Nobody was talking about it three years ago when I was podcasting about it, but now everyone's on it. So um, thank you for listening, watching. Look at our podcast. Ladies. Don't let